0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit korin.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: Welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and a director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberto's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and the food culture. We see sushi at every daily in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen and izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I'll try to it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Atsushi Nakahigashi, who is the founder of the food and beverage consulting firms in Kyoto and New York City, called Nakahigashi, and One Wise, One Soup. Atsushi grew up in a highly respected chef's family in Kyoto, and as you may know, Kyoto is the mecca of traditional Japanese cuisine. Today we will discuss how Toshi grew up in the most traditional culinary environment, and his very interesting culinary projects here in New York, and much, much more. Hello, Toshi. Welcome to Japanese.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: So, um, yes, as I said earlier, you grew up in a family of formal Japanese restaurant chefs. So I believe you are in the fourth generation. Your father was the fourth generation. And can you tell us about your family history?
3: Oh yes. Uh, so like uh, uh, my grandparents. Uh, a great great grandparents mm-hmm. started a uh, very small inn in the mountain of the Kyoto,
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, which is like a half an hour, hour and a half, hour away from the like, uh, main area of the Kyoto city, mm. uh, in 1895. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah. So, and my like a father's older brother, which is the third generation of the family, mm-hmm. uh, make a bigger restaurant. And changed the name to uh, Miyamaso. Mm. Um, Which is really famous. Uh, famous <laughs> now, yeah. They, when they started like a Michelin uh, guide there in Kyoto, mm. uh, took the uh, two Michelin stuff. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, uh, my father was like, uh, my father is the second boy of the family. Mm. So he decided to open the, his own restaurant in Kyoto city.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, so that's the history. If we want the first son gets the name of the, the original restaurant. Yes. And if you're the second, you have to open your own. Right. Right. So your father Hisao Nakahigashi and his restaurant is Sojiki uh, Nakahigashi. And uh, I've always wanted to go there, but it's too hard to get a table. I <laughs> have to ask you.
3: It's, yeah, it's a small restaurant. So only three, thirteen uh, seats, at the counter and the two small. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, rooms on the upstairs
2: okay we'll talk about it uh, a little right. more later and uh so how did you go, grow up in a restaurant family um did you start cooking early uh
3: yes um actually i can't remember when did i started because uh my f- mother says i started the cooking like when i was two years old so <laughs> there's no idea i can when i started but uh, um yeah maybe like a two three years old and uh my father started my uh, the own restaurant when I was uh, 11 years old. So, mm. and after that, I started to um, help the restaurant because it's the uh, family business. Right. I think that everybody, when he, they have like a family business, everybody, you know, uh, mm-hmm. help the business.
2: Right, and uh, it's kind of a, it's a mom and pop, but also it's a mindset, right, mm. in Kyoto in a way. And uh, so you grew up in Kyoto, and, which is the capital of traditional Japanese cuisine, and including kaiseki, which is a very formal traditional multi-course Japanese dinner. So um, how do you think you were influenced by the Kyoto environment? For example, um, they say there are 24 seasons a year in kaiseki cuisine.
4: Mm,
3: yeah, 24 seasons, definitely, yes. And uh, all, like, uh, mainly uh, Kyoto has... a. Like a same period, like a four seasons, uh, spring to winter. Mm. And uh, for example, in here in New York, like a spring and the autumn, it's a very short. But right. in Kyoto, has almost like a same period, like a three months each. Mm. And so, and also, like a water is a very uh, pure and soft water there. Mm. I think that's why like all uh, dashi, which is a Japanese broth uh, culture, mm. and all like a Japanese uh, culinary techniques uh, improving in Kyoto
4: city.
2: Mm, OK. Because I heard, uh, so the I heard Kyoto chefs um, went to France to cook mm. Japanese cuisine, and the dashi didn't become like they cook in Kyoto because the water is too hard. Right so that's the secret
3: yeah i think so right. Like water it's yeah mm-hmm. most important
2: right and that's why maybe sake is very famous in kyoto mm. too right okay and uh so your father is famous for his unique approach to food and can you tell us about his restaurant and uh, his philosophy
3: yeah so i actually said a earlier but the, uh, my father's restaurant is very small like only 13 seats at the counter mm-hmm. and the two rooms on the upstairs. And uh he always going to the uh, mountain every morning. Wow. Uh, um even if it's a very heavy snow or like a typhoon came, like he always go to the mountain every morning. Oh. And uh then pick the old wild vegetables and the wild um, herbs oh. and meeting like uh, farmers all farmers and picking the old vegetable by himself and bring like uh, uh, bring the voice of the nature. Back to the uh, restaurant everyone
2: mm, Wow! So he is kind of a forager too.
3: Mm, kind of, yes. Mm. Like, so sometimes going to the uh, like deep mountain in a different prefecture and uh, picking like the mushrooms for the Ottoman. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, main his signature dish is actually like a white rice. Mm. That's the most important thing. like a white rice and a very like a natural flavor from the rice and the uh, water.
4: Ah, okay,
2: yeah. right. So, you know the rice is, of course, I mean, in this country, rice is known as gluten-free, and it's, you know, carbs, and people are just talking about different aspects of rice. But in Kyoto, rice is almost the essence, because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's uh, the base for any kind of other dishes.
4: All right.
3: right.
2: OK. So um, by the way, I think uh, your father's uh, Sojiki Nakahigashi restaurant, they have Michelin star.
3: Yes, that two, two stars. Star right. now,
2: yes. Amazing. Wow. OK. Uh, so it's uh, the philosophy is local and sustainable, and he's been doing it for years and years. right? So um, the one thing I'm fascinated by Kyoto cuisine um, is kyo-yasai, which is a term for elum vegetable, uh, vegetables originating in Kyoto prefecture. So maybe you can give us some examples and how you use them.
3: Right. So uh, actually kyo-yasai, kyo which is a Kyoto vegetable, it has um, 36 kinds of there. Oh, wow. It's too many, actually. And uh, some vegetable is not really uh, grown in Kyoto mm. anymore. But it has the 36 kinds now. Nice. And my favorite one is a uh, Shogoin daikon, which is like a, a big round daikon mm. radish. Or um, a Kyoto carrot, which is a red carrot. The recently. I can find uh a Kyoto carrot in the farmers market in the Union Square.
4: Mm,
3: yeah, really? and yeah, oh, but uh, my wow. favorite is the shogoin daikon because it's like a much softer than the regular daikon. Mm. And uh, when you cook the uh, regular daikon, um, you have to boil first because um, it's hard actually. Mm-hmm. You have to boil first, then put the soy sauce or sugar and for the cooking. Mm. But for Kyoto daikon, shogoin daikon is soft. Already, mm. So you don't need to boil first. You can cook with uh, any other meats and put the soy sauce from the beginning and then get soft.
2: Oh, wow. Mm. So the flavor is uh, the same. Yeah, as
3: it's that. actually uh, fl- more flavor and more like a sensitive flavor and uh, um, texture. It's much like a lighter mm. and um, how can I say, like a soft,
2: mm, mm. more subtle Right. And uh well, I I heard that uh, yasai has more minerals, fibers, and vitamins than any other vegetables. Uh,
3: according to research <laughs> projects, I
2: don't know what it is, but
3: right, I think so. But um, when I have the like, vegetable in the United States, I felt it's totally different vegetable from Kyoto. <clears throat> Kyoto have like a, I told you like. A, the, before but the water is very soft
4: mm, mm. and
3: the soil is more like a uh, small so and i think the like soil has like less mineral than american soil mm. and that makes like a, a vegetable have a lighter flavor and i mean like a gentle flavor
4: rounded mm, well yes right.
3: and uh, it's also the humid temperature i mean the air Mm. So, the old leaf is softer than the other vegetables.
2: Okay, right. And the Kyoto weather is very harsh in the summer and yes. harsh in winter, too. So, right. it's like extreme temperatures. Mm-hmm. And right. So, they are trained to survive, maybe. Right. right. Okay, so, um, by the way, do you, did you always want to be a chef? Uh,
3: <laughs> not really, actually. Um, I knew that I would be chef one day mm. because I grew up in a restaurant family. The cooking is too natural, so I couldn't imagine um, working like a job for like a cooking. Mm. The cooking is too natural for me. Hi, right. yeah. it's part of you. Mm, yes.
2: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and when and why did you come to New York then?
3: Uh, actually, uh, when I was like a high school student, I was really like to fish. And uh, um, uh, like, actually, like bass fishing. Mm. And my friend told me, like, uh, if you like to do like bass fishing, you should go to the United States. Mm. And I was thinking, like, maybe I will be chef one day. But uh, I knew that if you work for like a Russian industry one day, then you cannot do anything,
4: mm. anything
3: else, right. because you work from the early in the morning to the late night, uh, seven. Days or right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's very typical Japanese mind. But uh, yeah, that's true.
4: Mm. So
3: uh, I decided to come to United States to be like a professional bass fisherman for five years. Wow. I decided to try five years. Then if I become to like a very famous fisherman, then mm. maybe I can uh, try to do it for my like rest of the life. Mm. But if not, maybe I can move to the culinary world again. Wow. Then yeah. Uh, I did like five years for the professional bass fisherman. Mm. And at that moment, my friend asked me, uh, the Japanese restaurant will open in New York City. Mm. And then um, I was decided to come to New York.
4: OK.
2: Hi. So uh, how good were you as a bass fisher? <laughs> <laughs> You're good in fishing?
3: Yes. Like, uh, finally, like 2007 and 2008, I was competing in the uh, professional um, Category and mm. tournament, and went to like so many um, different states for mm. competing the fishing tournament.
2: Wow! So do you still fish?
3: Sometimes, yes, at the Central Park, obviously. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> ships bay as well. Right. right,
2: but I'm sure it contributes to your, you know, knowledge how to handle fish as well.
3: Right. Why? How because to handle and how to uh, like talk with uh, nature. Mm. That's more important.
2: Ah, OK, great. So um, so why did you decide to pursue a Korean cooking? Like, you know, you, you knew that there's a Japanese restaurant opening, but mm. you're mentally getting ready?
3: Yeah, um, because uh, when I went to the uh, like fishing tournament, I have to cook for me and for my friend as well. So I was traveling uh, with my car, van, and a boat and mm. all over the uh, United States. And I cooked for uh, some of my friend or like a typical American mm. um, people in the uh, countryside of Japan. I mean, countryside of the United States, who really don't know about the Japanese cuisine. You know, mm. if I ask them what is Japanese cuisine and they answer, oh, maybe sushi and tempayaki, that's it. <laughs> so I cooked them. Then they said, wow, that's. That's good. It's very natural and very gentle taste, but I really like it. Then I decided maybe it's very fun to cook in the United States. Mm. Yeah.
4: Right.
2: Okay. So it's kind of a clean slate, and you just educate people. That's the beginning. Mm. Right. So you worked at uh, a Kajitsu restaurant, right? That opened uh, initially in East Village. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So uh, what kind of restaurant was it?
3: The Kajitsu is a shojin cuisine. Yes, the shojin cuisine is actually a very easy expression, It's a Japanese vegan-style restaurant.
4: Mm.
2: So, because it originally uh, came from uh, Buddhist temples. Yes. Right. And I heard that uh, the Buddhist temples um, they used to be open to visitors uh, from the general public, and they might right. be serving
4: mm-hmm.
2: as a, like a restaurant a of food if it comes to the temple. Right. OK. Um, so the, why, what did you learn at the Kajitsu restaurant?
3: So Kajitsu uh, is a shojin cuisine. And they're using the only vegetable. And mm-hmm. when they opened in its Village in 2009, uh, it was a very small location. And now they moved to uh, the Midtown, the 39th Street. Mm-hmm. But um, that was actually like the first time to cooking with only vegetable for me and all other chefs as well uh, when uh, the first chef started there, mm. and nobody had experience with the, uh, Shoshin cuisine, mm-hmm. so we are trying to like experiment every day for all ingredients okay. and we have to change the like, menu for every month mm. That was very hard and uh, but also, we learned so many things from the, those vegetables because the vegetable season is also different from Japan. Right. Uh, for example, daikon, uh, The usually winter season is the best taste in Japan. Mm. But here, like, it's too cold. <laughs> so like, sometimes when, I, when, when we open like, a box... The daikon is already frozen wow. and the broke. Mm. So that, that was a difference, and we learned so much difference.
4: Mm.
2: So like uh, we told, um, talked earlier, the ky- kyo is really often used in Kyoto, but here you don't have kyo right. So you have to learn everything. Right. Right. Wow. That's great. And then eventually, Kajitsu got a uh, mission star. Right. Right. So... That's an amazing achievement! <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> right. And then, so now um, you became uh, um, the sous chef and the manager. Yes. Right. So um, you didn't manage restaurant before. What was your experience?
3: Um, actually, uh, my f- mother was the manager for like my father's restaurant. So mm. I saw that uh, how you can manage. But it's still a uh, family business. It's a small restaurant. Mm. And then when I was uh, back in the United States in the Kyoto, when I was uh, fishing, uh, when I was in Japan, I was helping my father restaurant as a kitchen staff mm. and also working for the hotel as well for uh, um, using the trying to use uh, English mm. as much as I can. So that's why I decided to work in the hotel as a service side. Then okay. I learned the like, service and the management as well. Then um, after I worked for Kajitsu, I was work as a sous chef, and then uh, when they moved to the Midtown, mm. there was no manager, and I decided maybe uh, I can be the manager and uh, also like sous chef. Then I can have more like opportunity to
4: mm.
3: do more job.
2: Right. Okay. So and then eventually uh, last year. Uh, you left Kajutsu, Right. and now you have your own companies called Nakahigashi in Kyoto, and uh, one Rice, one is from Soup in, Inc. in New York City. So what is the concept of each business, and first, uh, what is Nakahigashi?
3: So um, Nakahigashi is doing like a, a restaurant consulting uh, in Japan and the uh, United States, and mm. also um, uh, promotion Japanese product, Japanese uh, food product mm. in uh, uh, outside of Japan.
2: Mm. Uh, what kind of products?
3: So uh, we have something different. Uh, uh, mainly, I have the lots of product from uh, Hiroshima Prefecture. Mm. Uh, the restu- uh, I mean the uh, company name is um, it's kind of unique, like Seto teko, which is uh, um iron.
4: Factory. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. So,
3: yeah, I am factory is using uh, making a uh, uh, food product now because uh, uh, like uh, the founder of the company I was wondering that like uh, recently the the old children mm. broke the, uh, their bone very easily because less calcium
4: and mm.
3: um, it's yeah and they found uh, like uh, their technique of like uh, making the uh, iron like a uh, pressed iron uh, then they press like uh fishes hmm. and they pressed the fish and they make it uh, like a cracker with a hundred percent fish hmm. then bring to the their like a school amazing yeah and oh, then wow. all children ate those uh crackers then like uh their health feeling better wow yeah. so they started like a uh, pressing like uh, their uh product including mm. the fish um vegetable rice mm. and that's very unique technique and uh, um, I believe any chef can do it in the kitchen mm. cuz it's super high temperature and very like a, a short period like mm. a 500 degree and one or two seconds, just press. And all, um, like, uh, because it's a high temperature, so all bacteria go out. Mm. But still, like, all nutrients stay there in the, uh, mm. uh, the product. Okay. Yeah.
2: Right. So is this the machine that you are promoting or the actual product that was pressed? No, it's
3: just product.
2: Okay. Mm. Wow. I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah, one day, yes. Right? So I'm an older woman, especially. It's going to be a big hit, too. Yeah. Right. So OK. And then, but what's the you know, motivation to start Nakahigashi? I mean, you wanted to promote that kind of uh, unknown ingredients, right? But uh, what other business do you do, you do at Nakahigashi?
3: Uh, yeah, it's a uh, uh, restaurant consulting, because when I was working at uh, uh, Kajitsu, Uh, I was a sous-chef and a manager, and I worked at the counter of the kajitsu. And then, you know, because it's the uh, old Japanese chef work in the restaurant after graduating high school, so usually people don't have time to study English. Mm. And uh, all chefs of kajitsu are from Japan. Mm. So... And they can't talk to the customer. So since they open, I was almost like a, a, the, I was the only person who speaks
4: uh,
3: English. <laughs> then I went to like a customer to explain all like a mm. Japanese culture and the Japanese food right. or Japanese style. Right. Then You're I the only
2: window to right, right. <laughs> show food.
3: Yeah, and uh, also for like uh, uh, telling to the. Um, uh, our servers as well mm. so I was always like uh, telling the old Japanese culture because I grew up like Kyoto so I know like the old base mm. so um, I think that was easy for our chef mm. and easy for server easy Aye. for owner because the owner wanted to tell like uh, everybody what Japan is so mm. then I figured out how um Interesting it is like uh, mm. how to like explain the American people or other like all people from all, all over the country. Right,
4: yeah.
2: everyone's you like mm. Japanese restaurants <laughs> in New York City, basically. Right. So, um, but also, and um, you do the same business at the Nakahigashi in Kyoto, right? Right. And uh, you help Japanese restaurants in Kyoto.
3: Yes. Uh, so first, w- when I started at Nakahigashi in Kyoto. There is no client, of course. Mm. So um, I asked my father, do you need this? And then, yeah. And uh, he said, why not? Because uh, many people now going to Japan from all, all over the world. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to have a Japanese cuisine in Japan and Kyoto. And, uh, but uh, still, like many people and many chefs cannot speak English in Japan and mm. uh, Kyoto. And uh, um, they just serving the food for the foreigner. And I was thinking, um, that's like uh, um, not good for like a both of Russian and uh, uh customer, because mm. when I went to France, uh, I was planning to stay there four days and go to the restaurant as much as I can, like uh, eight Russian or 10 restaurants.
4: A day. Right, <laughs> a day. <laughs> right.
3: right, and uh, I was thinking that all oh, foreigners come to Japan like, uh, 13 hours from New York, and then trying to get a restaurant as much as they can. Then the experience is, if not like a 100% good experience, um it's not good for the um customers mm. and it's not c- good for the restaurant so i thought if i can make like an english menu at least or mm. uh telling the old like uh, uh, train the staff how to uh, approach to the american or like a, uh, like foreigners mm. um then maybe like a restaurant can uh do like a better service for the like all customers, and also customer can had have more like a good experience at the restaurant. Mm. And then they will know like a more like a deep Japanese culture or mm. the uh, culinary world. Then Aye. I thought. It's gonna be happy for me. Right. Yeah, that's why I started.
2: Okay. Yeah. Actually, I think uh, Japan had the record number of tourists recently, yeah. and uh, I think I, I saw a survey that the top reason going to Japan is for food.
3: Yes, I heard that. So,
2: <laughs> it's very important that you're <laughs> yes, doing it. Yes, it's very important. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk about this fun project to educate us about Japanese cuisine. So please stay with us.
1: music for this commercial break is brought to you by RecTech, and this track is called Dues Paid. Yeah. Yeah. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Koren is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan-Asian to American. And that is why they're located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's unique store in Lower Manhattan is home to perhaps the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan, plus the rarest natural sharpening stones and exquisitely designed tableware. They also host special events such as knife sharpening demonstrations and parties with New York's most famous chefs and restaurateurs. KORIN is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the implicit and elegance of Japanese culture to your table, be it in your home or in the finest restaurant. For more information, visit koren.com.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eat's Podcast podcasting live Promote Studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katema, and my guest today is Atsushi Nakahigashi, who is the founder of the food and beverage consulting firms in Kyoto and New York City called Nakahigashi and One Rice, One Soup. Tushi grew up in a highly respected chef's family in Kyoto. So uh, we talked about Nakahigashi. And now, uh, what is the concept of One Rice, One Soup, in Inc., which is based on New York?
3: Yes, so One Rice, One Soup, Inc. Uh, it's also doing the restaurant consulting and the uh, uh japanese pr- uh, promotion of the Japanese product yes
2: okay so um what is the difference so base is just a bit different
3: place. Uh, base is actually different but i uh, to do it i, I really wanted to do it like a var one, one soup, ink, uh this year then luckily i uh, started the, uh, this business from May, mm-hmm. and firstly I have to do it in Japan. That's why I tried to do it in Japan first. Then uh, came to United, came back to United States. Then opened the like One Rice One Soup Inc. First, mm. yes. And uh, uh, this is like a um, like a spreading the Japanese culinary world to the United States mm. and all over the world later.
2: Okay. Right. So the there should be a reason. One rice, one soup. So why did you name it as this company's name? Uh,
3: because uh, when I back to Japan last year after I left Kajitsu, uh, I was talking to my father. Um, I want to do like this style business. Mm. And uh, talking for like a very late night until like a 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Mm. And then suddenly he said, oh, Let's do One Rice One Soup. He never speaks English and he <laughs> do not know what the meaning <laughs> is, but the uh, uh, sound was good. And I thought, okay, um, maybe I can do like a One Rice One Soup for the company name and also my project name. So mm. I started like a One Rice One Soup project uh, last year. Mm. And uh, because uh, Japanese, like the basic style of the uh, Uh, like a meal is always white rice on the left side Mm -hmm. and the soup is always right side Mm -hmm. and the pickles. That's very like a traditional Japanese... for like regular people in Japan for a long time.
2: Hmm. Right. So over time, it developed into like two, two, three sides: the one rice, one soup, pickles, and three other vegetable dishes. Right. But that was not for everybody, mm-hmm. ordinary people. Yeah,
3: th- that was too gorgeous for like regular people. Right. And it's long a lot of work. Like <laughs> the three
2: dishes. It's a lot of work. Right. <laughs> right. So the by having a one rice, one soup, um, what is uh, what. How do you educate Americans or non-Japanese people with the concept?
3: Yes, so um, basically, um, firstly, I want to say always rice is on the left, always soup is on the right, mm. and the pickle is on the uh, top. That's, a, that's That triangle is a very basic Japanese cuisine. Mm. Uh, because when we are uh, like a small kid. Uh, the parents always say, what is the left hand for?
0: Mm. And then we
3: say, oh, left hand is uh, for holding the ball. Mm. And what is the right hand for uh, holding the chopsticks? Mm. That's, uh, I think, a Japanese culture. Right. Everybody say that. So I think all Japanese culture its base is based like a, that, like a triangle, I think.
2: Mm. Right. And, uh, yeah, so the if you have more dishes, rice is always the base to neutralize the flavor. And uh, it's, I was, my parents told me to sip the soup first mm. to wet your chopsticks right. and then move on to the rice because it doesn't stick to you. It. Like kind of really a lot of rituals, but I think it's very uh, meaningful mm-hmm. for Japanese people. All right. And uh, so the um, you had a very interesting uh, pop-up project um, earlier this year called the Taberu. Taberu means eat. Yes. At Saikai Bar in Mm -hmm. Newcastle Village. And I truly enjoyed lunch there. So can you tell us, uh, listeners, what it was?
3: Yes. So the table was started in late March this year Mm -hmm. and finished uh, late May. So it was like a a two-month
4: project.
3: And uh, that pop-up restaurant, that was my idea uh, because uh, i'm actually like consulting like a restaurant called the Sakai dining bar of West Village now mm. and they didn't open the lunch and uh, I thought uh, maybe I can do myself on the lunch time for like a pop up mm. then I can show like uh, what's the uh, real uh, i mean like uh, Japanese style is for like uh, uh, many people as much as they can mm. and then I tried to uh call it uh, call taberu and they using like a rice and soup and pickles,
2: basic. Mm, right. And you have other dish, right? Yes, Just yes. For- so
3: I try to, like, a uh, one course is uh, uh, one rice, one soup, which has, like, a bowl of rice, bowl of soup, and uh, pickles. And a uh, uh, customer could choose, uh, uh, like, a first course or second course if they like. Then I made, like, a vegetable dish or meat dish. Or a fish dish before the one rice one soup.
4: Mm,
2: right. So I actually had the menu, and oh. uh, <laughs> that was so good. I saved it. So uh, three courses. It's uh, 23 dollars. Right. And then, uh, yeah, with with white rice, choice of soup, and homemade pickles. Mm-hmm. And uh, the three options. Uh, one is springy acai garden, a house made tuna, prosciutto, and with vegetables. And one, one rice one soup. That's like the simplest version, and. Uh, Oh, sorry, so the sushi So, the garden dish and the one rice swan soup and the little dessert, kiwi with the gyokuro and goma tofu. Right. And the whole course is the spring yasai garden again and the grilled arctic chow with citrus. And I think I had it. I, I right. couldn't even. <laughs> I had <it laughs> another one. So, right, so, what kind of people uh, came to Taberu?
3: Um, I surprised actually, uh, uh, New York Times, lucky New York Times. Uh, Future of this taberu project, mm. and then we get uh, so many different type uh, uh, customers because I try to uh, price easy price. Mm. That's why I put a uh, one rice one soup for Aye. twelve dollar only. Mm-hmm. You know, then I want it like attractive for all people who are interested in the Japanese culinary. Right. So we had uh, so many different.
2: Like mm. right, the three courses 20 studios and four courses 35. Mm-hmm. So that was I I yeah, hope you're going to do it again right, sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> right. So So uh, the mostly uh, American people came or Japanese people came. Uh
3: mostly American people came. Mm. Yes.
2: So that's the concept that we wanted to educate people. Yes. Right. do you think they understood?
3: I hope so. <laughs> and uh, uh I tried to talk to the customer uh so and I hope they understand at least just a little bit, you mm. know, uh, basic things like uh, rice soup and pickles. The basic things, I think that's the okay uh, for at this moment.
2: Mm. Right. And uh, well, now you run your own business in New York City. So how is it important to have, you know, grown up in Kyoto and where traditional Japanese kaiseki and then you know this kind of concept? It's natural for you, right? Do you right. feel a gap?
3: Yes, it's actually Kyoto and New York City is a totally different city. Mm. Uh, New York is super traditional and uh, very pro- uh, protective. Mm. So um, if people do something like uh, crazy in Kyoto, people say, oh, wow, that's uh, not good. <laughs> but uh, here in New York, uh, everyone do different things. You know, mm. it's very creative and uh, more like a much powerful uh, energy so yeah, I like, like both sides.
2: Mm, Hi. Right. So you know, the, based on the difference, um, what kind of thing do you think American people, New Yorkers do not understand about Japanese cuisine at um, this point?
3: Yes. Uh, it's very difficult because the United States is a big country. Uh, and uh, uh, you know for like a New York City like ten years ago and now it's also different. And uh, uh, but when I was uh, fishing and uh, traveling to the uh, different uh, city in the United States, I saw I couldn't find like a, a very simple regular Japanese cuisine. Mm. And uh, uh, and also when I ordered like uh, rice and the uh, soup, they always served a spoon. Mm. That was very weird for me, because the Japanese uh, it's always eat with chopsticks right. even for soup.
4: Mm. Just
3: slap the uh, uh like a soup right. Right, with the chopsticks, so that's the base for uh Japanese cuisine i mm-hmm. think so i like i'd like to like uh, show like um uh, uh like a non japanese people mm. um base like uh, eating with chopsticks mm. that's the uh, very important things right. so when i consulting the like, Russiann in uh, United States i try I try to do not serve like a spoon with false soups.
2: Mm, okay, It's interesting because I, I happen to get a new pair of chopsticks, which I love and I started use it every day and uh, sometimes I use spoons, sometimes I don't, and then chopsticks uh, takes more time mm-hmm. and I appreciate it and it's I have more flavor in my mouth too. Ah, right so, so there's a reason mm. that maybe it takes time and then enjoy it, that's better. And chopsticks, um, it's by itself, is very functional. Right? You can just pick up uh, a piece of uh, grain, right. so like uh, one grain of rice. So yeah, I think uh, everybody should uh, start using chopsticks more in right, this country. Right. Right. Maybe better for diet, slow yeah. eating. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Right. Um, OK, so um, at this point of your life, um, how much are you influenced by your father, you think?
3: Uh, actually, honestly, so much, a lot, mm. um, even for, like, a um, company
4: name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, my base, my boards is made by, like, uh, uh, I think, Kyoto water and the Kyoto traditional culture. Mm. And uh, from my father's, uh, 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 like, a cooking style.
4: Mm. Yes. Local, so,
3: yes, yes local sustainable yes local sustainable and uh, be nature be natural and don't break like a natural flavors mm. that's the yeah
2: okay right and one thing you mentioned earlier before the show just chatting about rice right so rice is the essence of japanese cuisine that's his uh, his yes, philosophy too. yes
3: yes that's uh, his philosophy too mm. uh, rice is the most important and uh, one more reason it's not a joke but uh, uh, in Japanese uh, character mm. uh, if we write the like United States it's right the uh, rice country right <laughs> <laughs> i
4: right. think
3: that's uh, one more reason that i'd be here i'll be here
2: mm, that's a destiny <laughs> right okay and uh how are you advancing what you learned from your father
3: um i think like uh, people have to uh, surpass for uh for everybody uh for like uh, from the like, older generation because all cooking technique are uh, um, improving mm. and uh, uh all uh, ingredients also like uh like a flavor getting improving and there's so many different cuisine culture is mixing right now, so I think uh, um, I can do more things uh based like uh, based on the rice, but still I can uh improve the many things mm. here in the united States
2: right okay, so what is your plan for the next?
3: Uh, so my plans, is that, uh I'd like to do more pop-up in the United States and uh, also helping the restaurant in the United States as well. Then I'd like to try to the people uh, who doesn't know like a Japanese food culture and mm-hmm. the food uh, culinary world. I want to show them like, uh, as much as I can.
2: Because mm, uh, one, ri- uh, one rice, one soup concept is very simple, right? And American tables tend to be simpler, mm-hmm. right? Like one bowl,
3: or right, that right. kind of
2: thing. So you can really be creative and apply the Japanese concept. Yes. Right. OK. So um, thank you for joining us today, Steve. Thank you. So, listeners, if you'd like to know more about Atsushi's activities, please visit uh, One Rice One Soup That is all one word: uh, One Rice One Soup Project dot and if you have any questions or comments about the show, please contact us at japaneats at org. And Japan Eats is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays, and always available at org, uh, iTunes, and Stitcher podcast. And uh, please go to iTunes and Stitcher and write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. And today's show was made possible by uh, PL Biennium. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.